All right, so I know this isn't a diff a um normal normal setup if you're watching the uh recording and um I have two camera angles and no desk. Actually, I do have a desk. I'm not on it right now. This is just a temporary. Might be on the next two or next one. We'll see. So anyway, welcome back to History Talks with History Buff 1836. Last episode, episodes two episodes we talked about the how, when, where, why. World War One started in the warfare they used during World War One. So if you have not listened to those, please go and watch them. You're not gonna be 100% lost on this, but there's gonna be information on that you're gonna wish that you had on this. So please go listen to those and come back to this episode. So um, in this episode we'll be talking about the battles of World War One and events. Event, small actions, and big actions, small actions, between and during the battles, expe especially between battles, basically, the whole entire timeline, sorry, there's a phone Battle of Tannyburg. Oh, and real quick, I think I have all the battle names down, but some of the generals I tried to find pronunciation, but I couldn't really find the pronunciation. So yeah, if I so I might just call them by the first letter of their last names. So the Battle of Tannyburg was started by the Russians and the Russian troops and tried to invade a German territory, having multiple elements to their attack. The general of the Russian General Army Sam had led its second second army through the southeast part of the territory, while uh, General Wren led the Russians' first army through the northeast of the territory, and the Russians staging for taking for taking Germany territory was unsuccessful. One key thing that had hindered their strategy. From being a uh, successful one was communication. The miscommunication had multiple had actually weakened the army a lot, and there here's kind of why the um, communication failed was because the um, two German military officials named Colonel Hoffman and General Landreth had intercepted a series of messages from the Russians that they were they used to communi communicate with. And those messages allow the German army to set up traps while to win the Battle of Tannenberg. And the Germans had captured over 95,000 Russian troops and their equipment and guns. This destroyed Russian 2nd Army. 170,000 were killed in this battle. The German got the victory on this one. I'm not going to talk about a lot of the um, killing and capturing on all long, but some of them I will. On August 30th, 1914, the Germans launched an air raid on the on France at Paris. Um, this whole purpose was to terrorize the citizens. They did use bombs, and only uh, two people were uh, were killed in the bombings. Well, not really bombings, but air raids. Um, and there wasn't a whole lot to this because it was only to terrorize the citizens and put them at fear. Uh the Battle of Marne 
was a very monumental and important battle of World War I. This was the first documented war to use monorized transport and radio intercepts. What had happened was the Sixth Army of France and British exploratory force held a gap in Germany long enough for the Fran- French commander Joffrey to drive French to drive the French army in buses and in taxis to make a rush attack on the Germans. The Germans were surprised at this, and this actually happens again too. That they were not ready and ready and ended up retreating and turning towards the sea, also known as the race to the sea, and this happened again. The Germans wasn't ready because the invasion of France was stopped at the Marne River, and they were, you know, of course, they weren't expecting it. This caused the Germans' plan shift and plan to fail miserably. The first battle of Ypres, and this has actually three battles of Ypres, started the whole trench warfare. The Allies tried to fight off the German power, but there wasn't any really advancements resulting for them to dig trenches to survive. And these trenches stretched all the way to the English canal. Channel. Yeah, canal. And if you have no idea what trench warfare is, y'all watch the episode of Trenches. The Allies tried to fight off the German powered. Wait, I sorry, completely went off script and I lost my spot. Yapris is a Belgium city and was used as a communication hub for the war, so that's why this city is an important to take control of. The Allies. They started multiple battles in the town of Yarpris. Like many battles, the whole point of the first battle of Yarpris was to get control of the town. And then the race to see happened. This battle wasn't long as Germans gave up as the winter storm set in. The race, I repeated myself twice. Like I said, I'm trying this um setup and. Kind of works, kind of doesn't. So, uh, this is getting cut out, anyways. After Battle of Yipers, Japan had attacked and captured Tenzingo, China, which was held by the Germans since 19, uh, 1998. Highly Yarenized port city for the Yellow Sea. Germans surrendered at this. Uh, this on November 6th. Then a Christmas truce was called on the sea. Then a Christmas uh, truce was called on the uh, Western Front on December 25th. Just in case you don't know when Christmas is. Nothing really major happens until February 1st, 1915. When Turkish army disarmed its Armenian troops. And the armed Turkish disarmed. Is it? Uh, disarmed and segregated its Armenian troops because they thought that the uh, they were aiding the Russians. And the year of 1915, the 1915, one million Armenians were forced to remove themselves from Syria and Mesotopia. In the second battle, Yipris, the G- Germans used chlorine gas, which proved to be very successful. 10,000 Allied uh, 
were gassed and half of them were killed. With the gas attacks, it pushed the British back to the town of Yipers. They all lined up on one side, leaving the rest of the three sides of the city open, and the town was quickly destroyed. Was slowly destroyed. The Allies withdrew f- from the battle on May 25th. Shortly after the Second Battle of Yipers, the Allies landed in Guadalupe, Turkey. The Allies in this scene was on Australians and the New Zealand. It was Turkey con- the Turkish controlled land and fought back toward the Allies at the Battle of Gallipoli. Lusthenia sinks in British waters and it was attacked by the German U-boats. 1,198 drowned. 128 were uh, U.S. citizens, and this were U.S. citizens, and this is where U.S. citizens becomes more alert because they're at this point they were neutral. They were trying. They were just, you know, neutral. The Battle of Guadalupe became known as the most unsuccessful strategy campaign by the Allied powers to get more power in the world during the war. Because, you know, that's the whole point. This lasted 11 months, almost a whole entire year. This started by the British and the French started a naval attack on the Turkey's Darnell Straits. British and France lacked the equipment and knowledge of how the Turkish con- terrain was like. The Turkish did an outstanding job holding the front and actually winning the battle. Now, right, I'm going to pause right here. Then all that kind might sound like an opinion, but it's a factual opi- based opinion. Because you can say, oh, they did a wonderful job or it's just that way it's where it kind of sounds like an opinion, but it's actually factual because they actually did win the war and they did a good job because they won the war. Or they won the war because they did a good job. By, join, by January, over fi- 500,000 soldiers had been lost, majority of those belonging to the Allied power, Britain and France. And at the end of the Allied powers retreated m- retreated, and uh, Serbia is invaded by Germany, Austria, and Bulgaria. Germany began this Battle of Verdun with a heavy artillery barrage. The Battle of Verdun was one of the battles on the list of the long, longest battles of, during World War One. The Battle of Verdun, Verdun began on February 21st, 1916 as a direct result of the German general Falkhan wanted to take as many lives away from the French army. He led his troops to, um, from Donemark to Fort Vox and captured it without firing any shots. They did this. That didn't satisfy the general, and he wanted more bloodshed. He pushed his army further into French territory, with the death toll reaching 600,000. Higher-ups had fired the general Hawkins from his position as general, taking his army back to the state on December 18, 1916. Some of the events that took place before that ba- before the Battle of Jutland was uh, Belgians were deported to Germany and forced into labor. The Aztecs arrived in France, and those are troops from British countries of Australia and New Zealand. On May 10th, submarine warfare is suspended after a passenger boat sunk with a lot of Americans in it, and Woodrow Wilson, President of the United States, is starting to cut its ties from Germany, and America is entering the war on the Allied side. 
in the Battle of Jutland had changed the course of wars. It was the first major naval battle. Jutland uh, happened on Denmark's North Sea. There was an involvement of 250 ships. The whole battle at sea, sea started, on, started with crossfire between the Germans and the British scouts. The Germans on Randia von Heer ordered 40 ships to sea and British uncoded the um, German messages and used it to their power and advantage. British Admiral J ordered um, a fleet of ships to math mat, to match the German ships. Then they battled out. The Germans did retreat, but they did win on the war. Uh, British lost 14 ships and lost 6,784 soldiers. German only lost 3,058 soldiers. After the Battle of Jutland, the Germans were unable to bring back their own old level of power and control back to the war. which had uh, hindered them in the rest of the war. The Battle of Simon is known as the bloodiest war of, of war. Over 1.5 million were lost at the Simon River. Yeah, Simon River is located in France. Here And here's a picture of the map. Or it's probably, yeah, it's probably going to be over here. We know it's um, a total of 1.5 million people died, but how does that break down and how was it through its course? When we come back, history about 18 years. So, on the first day of the Battle of Simone, the British had. Um, lost 57,000 troops, and according to many historians, the Battle of Simone was basically the turning point for British. The battle truly showed great improvements after the first day that they had made, and they mastered the strategy of, sorry, they had mastered the um, strategy of shooting and walking. Um, during the battle, the first American d died in this battle. And during the major during the majority of the battle, the Allied powers had kept majority of the control. Moving toward Germany, tanks were used in this war. Also, on March first, nineteen seventeen, the U.S. is alerted about the Zimmerman te telegram, unveiling the German plot. Here is a snippet from the telegram. "Quote: We intend." Well, here is actually the whole entire. Uh, telegram and I'm sorry the um this is a little um kind of not it's a little out of order but not really quote we intended to begin the first of February unrestricted submarine warfare 
we shall endeavor in spite of it to keep the United States neutral. In the event that it is not succeeding, we make Mexico a proposal of alliance on the following basis. Make war together, make peace together. Jurist financial support of the understanding on our, our part. Got Mexico to agree to conquer the lost territory in Texas, New Mexico, and Arizona. The summit is in detail to the left to you. He will inform the president the above secretly as soon as the outbreak of war with the United States of America. It is certain to add suggestion that he should, or his own invite, initiate Japan to imitate adherence and at the same time mediate between Japan and ourselves. Please call the president's attention to the fact that the ruthless unemployment of the submarine Severine now offers the prospect of compelling England in a few months to make peace, resigned Zimmerman. On April 2, 1917, Woodrow Wilson delivers his war message to Congress. And here's some of the tape. Uh, there are tapings. Congress approves on April 6, 1917, the United States declared war on Germany. And Americans signed up for a draft on the first day. Arriving in France for the Third Battle of Ypres, July 31st through no November 6, 1917. The Third Battle of Ypres is also known as the Battle of Passchendaele because it took place in the village near Ypres called Passchendaele. Which is, um, for all those wondering, it's seven miles east of Ypres. The Third Battle of Ypres was very different than the First and Second. During the First and Second Battles, Germany launched the attacks on the Allies on July 31st, 1917. The Allies had launched the assault on the Germans during this time. And the British commander was unhappy with the results, so he replaced uh, Goff with Her Herbert, and Herbert's his first name. By September, they had a really good small gains and were able to take control of the land of Passchendaele. On January 8th, 1918, Wilson outlines his uh, 14th point in which it was used also involved in the uh, peace making, which is in the next episode of World War One. And we will go over the 14 points again and how it was used. But his points were point one, open covenant of peace openly arrived at, after which they, there shall be no private international understandings of peace, any kind but democracy. Diplomacy, sorry, it's been a long day. Shall proceed always frankly in a public view. Which means the promise of peace between the countries needs to be public. Point number two is absolute freedom of navigation upon the seas, outside territorial waters. I like peace and in war, except that the seas may be closed in whole or part and part by international action for the enforcement of international covenants. Uh, sorry, which means we need absolute freedom to roam the waters for recreation and trade. As we please. Point number three is the removal so far as possible of all economic barriers and establishment of equality trade conditions among the nations cons concerning the peace and association themselves for its maintenance, which means we need to remove economic barriers so that we could trade. Point four is adequate guarantees give and taken that the national armaments that will reduce to the lowest point consistent with domestic safety. 
so that the national military weapons would be reduced at and points 5 through 13 were not used and I'll probably talk about in the next episode of War Woman or I'll make a video on the whole entire 14 points but point number 14 was a general association of the nations must be formed under Pacific Covenants for the purpose of affording mutual guarantee of political independence and territory integrity to great and small states alike, which means the which means that you know unionize, but not stay separate countries, but unite, and kind of like the U United Nations. Well, this was different. Associate, and this was associate. This led to um League of Nations, which did fail. On March third, nineteen eighteen, a treaty of Brest Lovesky is signed, and. This gave all the time between Ger Russian and Germans, but this didn't end the war. The Germans gave harsh treatment to the Russian and gave 30 yields, 30% of um, Russian's population, 32% of Russian's farmland, 50% of their industrial holdings, 90% of their coal mines. And the negotiator, Leon Chasky, makes a statement that this is a peace that Russia, grinding her teeth, is forced to accept, end quote. After that, a lot happened from their actual battle. So, um, on March 8th, 1918, the first reports of the Spanish flu breaks out. The flu was carried over by the United States, affecting everyone in a total more than 20 million deaths on the Spanish flu worldwide. May 28th, 1918, the Battle of Canatangi, this was the first battle of the Americans of doing great and actually benefiting from it. It was very successful. Gained the village of uh, Dogo Boys, I guess that's how you say it. Germans were uh, very desperate in the counterattack but failed. On June 6th, U U.S. Marines launched an attack on Ballywood. This attack was against the Germans. This lasted throughout the month of June. Also, throughout June, the U.S. Navy started laying mines in the North Sea. And also, the United States War Department authorized the use of chemical warfare. And at this time, almost everyone was using chemicals, chemical warfare, like chlorine gas. This kind of becomes some more hit in World War II. But now we got into the big battle at the Asni Marne Offensive, starting on July 15th, lasting until August 1918. The Asni Marne Offensive was also known as the Second Battle of Marne, lasting only a few days. The German German general Ludacris thought that the uh, attack on in a Flanders region would be a best path to the German attack. The Germans also also wanted to do this attack to win win the uh, Chilean the Danube bridge near the Asne River would uh, be great success factor, but still have a lot to work to do. This became a sub-battle site of this battle. France got smart during the battle creating fake trenches and when and the Germans bombed it and soon they came to find out that these were fake trenches and only a few men in it and when German made it to the real front lines, they were met with uh, major counterfire with the Americans and then the French, resulting in multiple German casualties. This set up for uh Further set up for counterattacks from the Allies that would happen on July 18th. The last two battle 
from getting, getting to the last two ballots. Statement Hill lasting from September 12th through the 16th through the 19th, 18th, this was the first U.S.-led offensive of World War One. The Allied attack was on the town of St. Mihail. This battle provided American military with the opportunity to use the forces en masse. Even though the United States military had lacked the skills that French and British militaries had, they had enough determination to carry out the attack. The American side, the American side of the attack was two corps with three divisions in the attacking phase on one in reverse, with the French giving two divisions for support in the western side of Sigmund Hill. German General Ludacriff, who is uh, short of men from previous attacks, was well aware of the Allied planes were attacking them at Sigmund Hill. He decided it would be better if they were to withdraw from Sigmund Hill and move back to form smaller and easier lines to defend. While they were withdrawing, they saw the Allies saw them and they attacked them with the Germans' weapons not in place. They were unprepared for the battle. And U.S. was end up losing um, 7,000 soldiers and the Germans losing 17,500, including the 10,000 that were captured with the French general Pershing dispatch, dispatching his forces to the west to take part in the upcoming battle of Mazune Argonne Offensive. And that battle taking place from September 26th to November 11th, 1918. This battle was at a series of final small complications on the Western Front of World War I. Following the, gen the general retreated at the Marne River, General Foch and the Allied commands designed a series of offensive against the Germans and the Allied kind of split up and formed and cornered the Germans in. The American troops went west of the Zune River and French going west of the Argonne Forest. This battle went on for a while while Germans moved back to, to take cover. They won't lose any other men and the Allies would sometimes move ahead or stay where they are. The armistice was declared on November 11th, 1918 before final offensive against the German could really begin which we'll talk more on the and the lasting effects in peace processes in the next episode. Thank you for listening to this long episode of War on Line. I'll see you next time on History Talks with History of 1836. Peace. <laughs>